Paratruth Radio is a proud member of Evergreen Podcasts on KillerPodcast.com. Christian and non-Christian paranormal investigators. They have two different views, and it seems as if neither of them can ever agree on anything. So what happens when a mainstream view of the paranormal crosses paths with the Christian view? What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to a brand new episode of Paratruth Radio. My name is Justin. And I'm Eric. And tonight we are continuing this amazing series that we've been going on with Obscure Cryptids. Before we start getting into the cryptids that we have on for this week, uh, Eric had a little uh skit that he wanted to uh, put up because it has to do with pertinent news that was uh, he recently saw. Yeah, so a little crypto news for all of you out there today. Since we are talking about cryptids, I figured I'd save this. Originally thought I might save this for our next werewolf episode, but thought, why wait if I already have the information now? <laughs> uh, and of course, we all know how big a fan of werewolves we are, and I know a lot of you are. So... You may recall a couple, I think it was a couple of years ago, I don't remember for sure, but uh, Justin and I had shared a picture of a werewolf in Brazil crossing the street uh, on our Facebook, uh, maybe our Instagram as well, but it was on its hind legs, broad upper upper body, shoulders, obviously had a, a nice snout on it, uh, pretty big creature that walked through uh, the center of a street and got caught on uh basically security cameras well relatively recently there was a uh small investigation actually it's a rather big investigation that took place regarding uh, werewolves of brazil and south america now zoologist max hug williams and naturalist adrian shine uh who by the way adrian shine is i don't know if he's the owner or the very least just works uh, at the lock um the Loch Ness Center and Expe- Exhibition uh, over near Loch Ness in Scotland. Uh, he set okay. out, yeah, they set out on a mission to discover the phenomenon behind a string of werewolf sightings in Brazil, which created headlines and ended up causing one town to institute to institute a werewolf curfew. That curfew in that town was Seo Congalo, if I believe I'm saying that right, and uh, that's where that picture came from. Now, when Max Hug Williams set out on this investigation, he started in England, uh, and he was <clears throat> in particular looking at a couple of werewolf sightings within the area, uh, England, Scotland area, and found that despite some of the interesting eyewitness reports, which was a long snout, big ears, and uh, fangs, large fangs, uh, it was interesting because he found that those descriptions matched up with a deer very closely instead of a werewolf or a wolf even. And I know I saw the look on your face there, Justin, the deer. <laughs> so everybody who hasn't done this or doesn't know this, I just I had no idea this deer even existed. 
It's called the water deer. Go ahead and look that up, Justin. You'll be surprised at what you're going to see. And uh, I mean, I have seen pictures of of a creature like that, but I didn't know it was considered a deer. Yeah, you, so you've seen the water deer. So yeah. it is an actual deer that has two giant fangs that hang down both sides. It looks like tusks uh, of its face. And then, of course, two large ears. Now, the other thing that was interesting is that during that investigation, these eyewitness reports also claimed that there was an odd smell, like a really bad odor. Well, some people believe that that odor was coming from the beast itself. Others think, though, that this creature or the wolves uh, were actually digging up grave sites and eating the bodies of corpses. Um, now, uh, back when the wolves were in that area, that's exactly what they would do. Instead of hunting, they would just come into the graveyard, dig up bodies and eat the corpse. So that's where that smell came from. And they believe that that smell was still coming from. Now, of course, he they went out to try to find this beast, never found it, minus this water deer, which had very interesting uh, resemblance to the eyewitness accounts. But as he went over to Brazil and he started to investigate some other accounts of the werewolf, he found something very interesting. Now, for those of you who've seen the picture, it's pretty weird, right? It's even one that was hard for me to, de- to debunk because there's really not much to go off. It looks pretty legit. It looks like a werewolf minus the hands, which almost appear to be an oddly light colored skin. Um, It almost looks like they're, I don't know, like it's human hands. So I don't know. That could go into the whole costume thing. Um, And just I think the shape is a little flat. But again, these are security cameras. They're not the best cameras at all. So you who knows? It could be a legit thing. But this werewolf was apparently going around town, scratching on doors and stuff, uh, trying to get in. As a result, Seo Congalo ended up closing down the streets after, I think it was like after 9 p.m. or something, where everybody was to go inside and lock their doors. And they had this curfew for weeks on end. Now, one of the very interesting, or few of the very interesting uh reports here eyewitness accounts because these people very much believe in this werewolf was that it had red fur a foul odor whenever it came around had large pointed ears as well as very long legs now when you think of a werewolf the first thing that you consider is of course large pointed ears as wolves tend to have And that's about it, because these other two things, long legs, wolves don't typically have long legs. They're relatively stubbier, uh, built more for speed. Um, And then red fur. Your typical werewolf encounter always has black fur or a very dark brown. So there's this odd red tinge, though, to this fur. And even in some of the pictures that we see in videos, you would see the same colored red fur. Some of these eyewitness accounts also said the creature would appear on its hind legs but for the most part, it'd be seen running around on all fours. Well, Max Hug Williams ended up going out into the wild uh, of Brazil, uh, further away from the rural areas, and he set up some cam traps. And along with his cam traps, he ended up setting up some, uh, some raw meat, some raw chicken to try to lure the creature in. Well, sure enough, he found something on his cam traps. Now, As is with most of these cam traps, what do we see when the creature appears? Not much. 
It's <laughs> just a bunch of, you know, close-up pictures of the fur. But he did see a couple that were really interesting. Uh, some that were pretty, got pretty good shots of the creature. So the next night he did the same thing, set up some lighting because he is a, a zoologist. He goes out, his job is to take pictures of wildlife and did it again. And sure enough, the creature showed up just one. Uh, one of the interesting things is as it showed up, there was this really foul odor when it appeared. It also had this really scary, high-pitched, almost raw-like bark, which is also something that a lot of people said they heard from this werewolf. Well, it turns out that the creature that showed up was a maned wolf. Uh, Now, the maned wolf technically isn't really a wolf. It's a canine of its own kind. Uh, It it actually doesn't share anything within the DNA pool of of dogs uh, whatsoever. But what's interesting about it is, of course, it's red fur. It's remarkable size because it stands quite a bit taller than other wolves. Um, So super long legs, which is weird. And of course, its paws give out a really odd foul odor. For some reason, I think it's a way to like protect their territory or keep other animals at bay. So what's really weird about it, though, is that this creature or this animal isn't native to the area. Which is why people have been so frightened out like frightened about this because there's something new to their area most likely due to uh habitats being destroyed and causing the wolves to move closer into these rural areas so if you want to take a look at the maned wolf go ahead and check it out it's a pretty cool looking creature um but unfortunately for most of us who are big werewolf fans it seems like the werewolf of brazil was debunked Turns out it was just a maned wolf. However, one thing that is still still unclear is whether or not the werewolf picture that we have uh, has been spread around town or around town that has been spread <laughs> around the internet uh, in Brazil. It's still not clear whether or not that's a legitimate photo. No one has been able to debunk it, and no one has come forward to claim it was their picture. So there is still a chance that maybe something's out there. But as of right now, it looks like our werewolf of Brazil is none other than a maned wolf. Hmm. Well, now you said in the first the first time that he did the the hunting cams, he found mm-hmm. something interesting. It was just close ups of the of the fur and whatnot. But what did he find where he was like, hmm, I need to get a second. Well, it was it was a better clear is a more clear picture of the wolf. So he ended up getting two pictures of the wolf that are that were slightly further away from the camera. But he couldn't tell what it was. It still looked pretty big and had really long legs, but didn't know what kind of animal. Now, at that point, he knew it wasn't a werewolf. He knew it was something else. Um, But he just didn't know what, because like most trap cams, they uh, shoot in infrared. And infrared really deteriorates the video, Mm -hmm. makes everything kind of white or greenish, um, you know, has that weird tint. So that's why he had to go out and try to get real pictures, real video footage of the creature. And sure enough, found out. It's for color and what it really was. And it was this maned wolf. Hmm. Now, I don't know if he had said anywhere, but could that picture that was circulating been a maned wolf that had just been on its hind legs? Like maybe it had been jumping down off of 
a, like it was up on a wall, like sprung up, or I shouldn't say sprung up, yeah. but you know what I mean. On its hind legs and push up on a wall, um, and then came down, and that's when the cam caught it or anything you know, like it, that. It's hard to say. They don't. He hasn't. He didn't say. Uh, you know, they, they show the picture, and that's about as much as we get from it. Uh, I know when when Adrian Shine saw the picture, he thought it was really interesting because it did have long legs, and most wolves don't, um, mm. minus the maned wolf. But that's about as far as we got with that picture. I mean, if you you can look at the two pictures, we can go ahead and post those. Uh, for in fact, we will post those, so you can go on our Facebook right now and you'll see it. Uh, we'll post both of those photos for you, and you can determine whether or not it was indeed a maned wolf on its hind legs, or if it's an actual werewolf or something else entirely. Maybe it's just a fake. Uh, but yeah, you know, there's there's really no description as to what that picture could have been. Oh, well, I mean, the accounts that everybody was saying in the surrounding areas, it would make sense that that main wolf was it, but it's, it sucks that they can't determine that picture, what it was. And if right. the paws or hands or whatever it was, were like different than, I guess, different than what you would think of than a, than what would be on a werewolf it kind of brings up that speculation like was this a dude that was just kind of on like these weird stilts and <laughs> running around trying to scare people like the clowns here in us <laughs> yeah i mean you know who knows it's absolutely possible um and i'm actually gonna just real quick while we're here talking i'm gonna look at this photo again because i do want to see something yeah you know look at this photo it it's hard to say like I personally wouldn't think this to be a maned wolf on its hind legs. And I think it's mainly just because when you look at the legs, the back legs that this creature is standing up on, it's just the roundedness of the front knee is really weird and kind of unproportional to the hind knee area uh, of, of the creature. So I don't know. I, I can't say for sure whether or not this is one thing that is interesting though about this is there are shadows. So if somebody did fake this picture or if it were a video, I guess is what it was is probably a still of a video. Another way to make some shadows, which is often a cue that something isn't real. And the shadows do seem to be proportionate to the lighting surrounding this particular, mm. whatever it is. Um, but again, when you're looking at the hands, they're kind of bright. And main wolves, they have black feet. Uh, in fact, when you look at a main wolf, if it wasn't as big as it was, you would think that it was probably a fox because its color scheme is very similar. Very bright orange all the way around, minus a really dark, uh, tough, like a dark mane that runs down its back. And then, of course, black legs uh, that kind of shift from the orange into the into the darker color for on its legs. So... Yeah, it's vastly different, and of course, this picture here, its shoulders are just too broad, I think, for a main wolf, because a main wolf is only 47 pounds. Whatever's in this picture, I would imagine to be around 180 to 200 pounds, probably. Uh, so yeah, you know, who knows? But, but, but again, we'll post all both of these up. With the, you guys could go check it out right now, and you guys let us know what you think. Um, but it's interesting, I think. Yeah, I'm... I started looking at it too, and you really can't. I mean, the weird thing is, you kind of get a good look at the door 
where the gas station is there. Um, and you get a little bit of a good look of the, the building, but the, the creature itself is kind of blurry. Some of the stuff in the forefront is kind of blurry. So, yeah. I mean, it, it could have been a distortion from the camera causing the bl- the blurriness, but like, yeah, well, you know, typically when you think of werewolves, um, just generally speaking, obviously we don't know because no one's ever caught an actual werewolf, but right. typically a werewolf or any wolf, uh, even a bear can't move very fast on their hind legs. They need to be on all fours to move swiftly. So in this photo, the creature, because of its blur, uh, I know there's been a lot of talk that it was moving really fast across the screen, but that just doesn't make sense. You know, that's the scientifically just doesn't add up because this creature, based on its proportions, on its body size, how its upper body is so much larger than its lower body, which is kind of typical to many of the werewolf myths, um, just wouldn't be moving as quickly as this picture makes it seem like it is. So it's unfortunate. But of course, the most blurred part of this is its face. So it's it's hard to tell. It looks like there could be a snout there. It could also right. just be somebody wearing a baseball hat. We don't know. On a weird stilted wolf creature bottle. Because <laughs> right. it does have a tail. <laughs> no, it does have a tail. It does have a tail. And it's, you know, what's really interesting to me is, and of course, depending on which picture you're looking at because there's a couple they're all the same picture but some of these are a little darker some of them have been highlighted lightened up right? uh, and the darker ones make the, the legs look much thicker but the one thing that's interesting to me is that this 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 cctv picture has only come up one time which means that this werewolf is and supposedly was running around town you'd think they would have captured it more than once but of course they didn't. So this could very much just be a hoax, uh, trying to just play with this whole werewolf, uh, scare, scare. Huh? It's actually kind of interesting just that it was, uh, a, a zoologist that was doing the investigation of it. Well, yeah, I mean, I think, I think it's, uh, it's interesting because I, a zoologist, I feel like, and I'm not, not to discredit cryptozoologists, but cryptozoologists do have their special, like, are, are specifically formatted to follow what the legend tells us, you know, mm, and not necessarily right. trying to debunk it. And so, um, Adam, Adam, Schein, or sorry, Adrian Schein, who's the naturalist, he's kind of, he delves way more into the myths and the legends into the cryptozoology side. He's not the one who goes out and does the searching. That's what the zoologist does. And then he, uh, the zoologist then, like, shares all of his information and the pictures and his stories with Adrian. And together, they work on figuring out what the truth can be. So, and that's, I think, is really important. That goes along the lines of pretty much everything we talk about, science and religion. And, uh, I mean, you name it. It's like, these are things and people that should be, like working on this kind of stuff hand in hand and not having two separate theories uh, right. and trying to pull each other over the line, you know? Right. One trying to discredit the other. Yeah. Right. So, huh? Well, yeah, I will make sure that uh, the, the picture gets up of the werewolf so we can get your guys' thoughts on it. Um, it's 
just one of those ones that it's hard to, it's kind of like the, like we were talking about the Bigfoot being distorted with its pictures. So, mm-hmm. um, I think now, did you come across any pictures, uh, of the investigation that he did, or was it just a report of what he had found in his pictures? Of of the main wolf, or yeah, yeah. Well, they uh, in in the episode they did sh- they showed all the video of the wolf. Um, he got captured, you know, captured video of the wolf, and so did the camera crew that was with him captured the wolf. Um, but so yeah, if you look up main wolf, you'll see exactly what you see in the episode. Mm, okay. uh, the same creature. So so yeah, I'll I'll share the main wolf as well, and uh, you guys can kind of compare both pictures and just tell us your thoughts. Cause I mean, after looking at the main wolf pictures, it almost could be a main wolf on its hind legs, but why would the main wolf be on its hind legs? You're right. So, yeah. I mean, and, and dogs, you know, any canines don't typically have the best balance on their hind legs. Right. Uh, you know, especially the bigger ones. And I actually went ahead and just Googled for the heck of it, you know, maned wolves on hind legs and all the pictures are just if they're on their hind legs they're wrestling with their with their kin with each so you know it who knows but i mean just Hmm. to say you know to say we don't have a picture of it doesn't mean you know that that they haven't been on their hind legs or couldn't right so right well it just i mean that would beg the question the way that the the werewolf is positioned like why would the main wolf be positioned that way if right. it is the main wolf at all but well plus um, and on top of that even with that picture of that werewolf um you see its left arm how much it swings backward almost as if it's that's what i mean human right. type yeah so that's that's definitely uncharacteristic of any normal canine and you know we'll just have to leave it at that because we don't know yeah all right, folks. Well, we will get into the other cryptids that we've got lined up for the obscure cryptids for this week. Um, I came across a couple land creatures that I thought were rather interesting. I tried to stay away from the bipedal ape or bipedal hominid creatures because that too much to me relates to Bigfoot. So I was trying to go along the route of something more weird and obscure and came across some interesting ones. Uh, so the we've got the Elwetrish from uh, German folklore. We have uh, the Beast of Bodmin Moor and the Beast of Exmoor, which are linked to the giant cat uh, phenomenon that goes on in England. And we've got an... I really do not know the pronunciation for this. The Min Ho Kao, I believe is how it's pronounced. That's, it's actually that's how I pronounced it. Okay. Um, it's actually another creature from Brazil folklore, Brazilian folklore. Uh, and it kind of goes along the lines of the, uh, uh, what's the other worm that we did? Oh, Wild the Man? Mongolian death worm. Mo- Mongolian death worm. That's it. Um, so I wanted to include that because it, it kind of like some of these other cryptids, it kind of bridges that multiple uh, country 
phenomenon where it comes to uh, different cryptids that are in legend. So uh, I wanted to start with the the El well, gosh, El Wetrish because it's it's just an odd creature. Like the the El Wetrish is a bird-like legendary creature which is reported to be found in southwest Germany, especially in the Palatinate. The Elwetrish can be seen as a local equivalent to mythical creatures of other regions. Uh, the, Var- the Bavarian Wolpeltinger or the Thuringian Rasselbach, all very odd names and I've never heard of any of these. Uh, the interesting thing about this thing is it the description is chicken-like creature with antlers. Uh, instead of feathers, it has scales. And they say it's their uh, they don't have use of their wings or limited use of their wings. Yeah. So they live in underbrush and uh, under vines. Sometimes the electrician are depicted with antlers of a stag and their beaks are often long, longer than what you would think on a chicken. Um, it's supposedly originates from the crossbreeding of chickens, ducks, and or geese with mythical wood creatures such as goblins or elves. Being a fowl, they naturally lay eggs, which as a result of descending from forest spirits grow during breeding season. Now, the uh, legend has actually made its way here to the U.S. and Pennsylvania because of the Pennsylvanian Dutch community. Uh, Instead of Elwa Trish, uh, it's known as the Elbetrish. Uh, just a variation of the spelling is what it looks like to me. But the the legend itself is pretty much the same. I don't see really any difference in between the two. Now, the thing about the Elwetrish is it, it was actually hunted. And it's kind of like a snipe hunt here in the U.S., uh, which is basically this fictitious thing that... A lot of people do while they're camping. I know when I was a part of the uh, Boy Scouts, they were known for doing snipe hunts. It's an odd tradition, but um, it's kind of like the the jackalope with the antlers. So, uh, I mean, it really has this very interesting look to it. And the more interesting thing is in later... uh, tellings of this thing uh, they had turned it into a female creature so the depictions ended up with breasts on the depictions which is an odd sight to say the least so if you have a chance look at this thing because it's kind of odd looking Um, but uh, there are clubs in several palatinate towns and cities that promote the myth of the L Wetrician. Uh, it was formed in 1982 and is the oldest club uh, in Landau. The the Eldo, Elwetrish Club in Landau formed in 1982. So a, a square dancing club from the same city calls its annual dance special the Landauer Elwetrish Yag. 
odd names. I don't know if I'm even pronouncing <laughs> them right, but uh, but just a really weird creature. Like I, they have monuments to this creature, and by monuments, I mean there's um, sculptures, there's fountains, uh, and there's a local brewery that has the Elwatrish as its mascot. Um, in Winweiler, Germany. So it, just really odd, really odd. Um, did you get a chance to look at the pictures of the Elatrish? I, I did. And, um, <laughs> well, I wish I didn't. <laughs> it's, it's weird. It's a really weird thing. You know, we, we, <laughs> sometimes you come across these cryptids that are, that are like, you know, they're, they're really cool. Like most cryptids you come across, it's really interesting and really cool. Then you got these really odd ones that are like, why? <laughs> why? Like, who who just thought, I saw something like this once and I'm going to share it. It's just, it's weird. It's weird. Well, you know what it kind of reminds me of is the legends of the harpy from Greek okay. mythology mm-hmm. where their breasts were exposed, but they had bird wings and uh, they had talons for feet. And um, they did have human-like faces, but they had like razor sharp teeth and that sort of thing. So that's what it kind of reminds me of. So I don't know if this is a spin on that mythology, uh, just more in the German folklore instead, uh, Mm -hmm. because I don't, see anywhere where it says exactly when the legend started just that it it started um it kind of circulated through bavaria uh one of which was a bavarian king that talked about this Mm -hmm. so um it's mostly caught more traction in the 20 the second half of the 20th century with being in a little more folklore and that's where the breasts were added to it. Um, so leave it to the 20th century to do um, that. Right. For sure. And (laughs) I actually, I don't think it was, I don't know if the Bavarian King actually saw it or not, but I know, uh, or, or Kings, I should say, not just one, but the Kings, uh, Mm. were once served roasted small birds for dinner and were declared to be elder, uh, Elwich. Elwich. Yes, that. Um, <laughs> but of course, we're actually just quail. <laughs> so, you know, I, I don't know. I feel like, I don't know. It's a weird one. Huh. So I wanted to move right along to the beasts of Bodmin Moor and Exmoor. Uh, both of these are legends of a large cat in England. And I actually find it fascinating that these, this legend is something that kind of goes throughout England of the sightings of, of large cats, usually black panthers or black like panther creatures. Um, now Bodmin Moor is in Northeastern Cornwall and Exmoor is in, in um, the moorlands west of Somerset and north of Devon in southwest England. And I believe Cornwell is around that same area, just a little bit further west, it looks like to me. Um, So not only do we have 
two separate areas that have seen this creature or creatures rather, uh, but they're very close in proximity to each other where it, it could have probably even been the same creature or creatures. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so it, I, I'm pretty sure you've heard the legends of the, the large the cats in it. Oh yeah. Just the <laughs> large cats in England. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, yeah. So the beast of Bodmin Moor uh, dates back to the 1978, whereas the beast of Exmoor dates back to the earlier 1970s. Uh, but uh, it looks like there the Exmoor also became not- more notorious in 1983. So even later, still uh, for the, that creature. Now, the first sightings in the 1970s of the Beast of Exmoor, although the period uh, of its notoriety began in 1983, uh, there was a South Molten farmer named Eric Lee who claimed to have lost over 100 sheep in the space of three months, all of them apparently killed by violent throat injuries. There was even a report of the beast seen fishing with its paws into the river Barley at uh, Simon's Bath. While some locals theorize that its lair might be in an old mind workings on the moor. So it's interesting that it started in the 70s, but only caught traction, more traction in 1983. Now, there's photographic evidence of this creature uh, on three separate occasions, one of which appeared in the West Somerset Free Press in 1989 and taken by Lewis, the Lewis family of Blue Anchor. And it all appeared to show a big cat with features of both a puma and a panther, which both of those are kind of similar in their, uh, in their looks of the, of the cat. Now going to the Bodmin Moor, sightings uh they say it's 1978 was the was the reported sightings um or close to that time anyways and again it's mutilated livestock and a alleged panther-like cat or cats uh and one of the the uh not legends, but one of the um, explanations for for the creatures is that maybe a um, traveling zoo or traveling circus somehow lost these creatures. They escaped. Um, so it really could be large cats that just somehow thrived. In, in England for a little while. Um, now, the the one thing that a lot of people speculate for this thing, this these creatures, is that the food supply would not be great enough for them to uh, continue being in the, the area and procreate. So, I don't know if these are real big cats that people are seeing or 
if it's misidentification, like we've talked about with other creatures, I mean, mm-hmm. there is there is that that speculation or that explanation um, for these creatures. Um, another explanation is maybe a hybrid of a, an escaped puma or panther and so, uh, another um, large cat or, or bobcat. Um, so, um, go ahead. No, I was going to say, um, you know, one thing that I find really interesting is that, uh, if I'm not mistaken, people are still supposedly seeing this creature around today, right? Um, I think the latest sighting I saw was 2006, I want to say. Okay. So, I mean, what's really interesting about this is that the mode, like, when this first started happening, we're talking about the 1960s, 1970s, uh, uh, and in, and also in particular, 1983, when you said that the South Molten farmer had claimed that he had lost 100 sheep. But mm. in the 1960s and 70s, it, it is believed that there may be people like before the 60s and 70s, uh, people were allowed to keep some of these large cats as pets. And then after the law was passed, making it illegal for them to keep them in captivity outside of zoos, it's possible they let them free and let them roam. But the oh, thing okay. is that if this was when this started was 1960s, 70s, and then here we have 83, the majority of large cats, especially when you're talking about leopards and cougars and things like that, their lifespan is only about 12 to 15 years. So you you would suspect it to have died off by now, even if it were to somehow, you know, find another cat to create more cats, Mm -hmm. there wouldn't be big enough cats just to hang around. They'd all eventually become domestic house cats, if you will. And when you look at some of these pictures, now some of them very much do look like panthers, uh, especially in the tail. I think that's the most uh, particular place to look when looking at a panther from a long distance on some of these photos. But the majority of these photos, when you're sizing them up, the, the cats, you start to realize that a lot of these photos are actually most likely just your common house cat. Uh, or in this case, your wild cat uh, who's just out and about. There's a couple of pictures. I know there's one in particular of a cat uh by some trees and it, it looks like the cats look pretty large from our angle so when we're looking at this you, this particular picture and, and again folks we'll post this up as well uh, so you can see all of everything that we're talking about um this particular picture of this black cat the cat looks relatively large uh where it's at and from our position here but then we see right in front of us here is this little tiny uh, solar light. Now, mm-hmm. it, we all know if you see solar lights in front of somebody's house, these things are maybe about 6 to 12 inches tall. And in compares, comparison, this cat would be larger than this thing. But mind you, here we are in a low angle seeing this thing. We're at a quite a bit of distance, which means I'm assuming we have a telephoto lens, which would make this cat – seem a little bit closer to us than it is, but even still, it very much has uh, a similar presence as your common house cat or wild cat, uh, both in size and also in the way that it's walking. Um, now, that's not to say that all of them are, raw, are, are, are you know, not cats. There's a couple other ones here, too, that I've seen uh, of the cat looking directly at us, and it's very clear that it is indeed a house cat. Um, but you know, still, nonetheless, it's very possible that there's leopards up there or a leopard up there still. 
but the other thing to consider is that many people are talking about this as being a phantom cat or a phantom panther, which would suggest that the panther isn't actually a physical creature, but instead is a spiritual one and almost has a ghostly presence, much like our black dogs uh, that we've mm. talked about in the past. So that is also a possibility. Now, of course, it's no, there's no uh, belief or rumor that seeing the black cat is the same as seeing a black dog, uh, you know, Single black dog, supposedly, uh, you're to die within what three days or something like that. Uh, it's like a death, yeah, element. something, yeah, something like um, that. And that's not something that's happening here with this black cat, but nonetheless, it, there there are some interesting pictures, but the majority of them look to be house cats, especially nowadays. Um, now, aside from that, one thing that I just wanted to point out, which is really interesting, because I've I look at panthers. Like from time to time, I look at all these big cats, like just pictures of tigers and stuff like that. And mm. one thing I've noticed when you look at close-up pictures of black panthers is they sometimes have spots on their fur, right. uh, especially if you look at their heads. And so this is just something I literally just learned just now. And maybe I'm one of the very few who don't know this, <laughs> but a black panther isn't actually a cat in and of its like a separate cat in and of itself. You know, you have tigers and jaguars and leopards and panthers. That's not the case. A panther is literally just, or a black panther in this case, is literally just a melanistic color variant of any big cat species. Meaning that black panthers in Asia and Africa are actually just leopards, and those in the Americas are actually just jaguars or bobcats. Mm-hmm. They're not actually cats, separate cats on their own. So I thought that was really interesting to me. I was like, oh, I always thought a panther was just a panther. <laughs> but here, no, they're, <laughs> they're jaguars or, you know, the cats we know. It, it, um, from what I remember, I and it could be, I'm uh, recollecting this wrong, but I believe uh, the leopards are kind of more common to have this mm-hmm. coloring differential. Well, I, every time I look at a black panther, like a close version, you often see like a bit of red red tinge uh, within the black fur and always has spots. So that would make sense that it'd be like a leopard uh, or a jaguar because jaguars mm-hmm. are very much the same. Right. With their spots. Yeah, I I had known that a, a panther is just – they kind of call it like a mythical creature – only, only because it's very rare that that, that pigmentation uh, happens that way. But um, yeah, and it, I almost wonder if this isn't the the beasts of Bodmin and the beasts, uh, or I'm sorry, Bodmin Moore and the beasts of Exmoor aren't more of a um, a a. Uh, black dog type phenomenon that's happening. It's just in a different area. So maybe it manifests differently. I'm not sure, but, um, interesting nonetheless, because I mean, this phenomenon actually has happened several places elsewhere in England as well. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a widespread thing for them. So, um, I guess that'll lead us into our final cryptid here. And that is the Minho Cow of Brazil. Now, the interesting about thing about this is it does have kind of a similar feel to the Mongolian deathworm, only 
in the fact that it, it is a worm and it seems like it uses uh, the area that it lives in as as a way to camouflage itself to to strike an attack. Like the Mongolian depth worm lives in the desert and is supposedly will hide under the sand before it attacks. Uh, this thing uh, apparently will live in the water. Um, it was described to European explorers and naturalists in the 19th century by locals in Brazil. Uh, French naturalist Augustin Saint-Hilaire described in December 1846 accounts of the Menhokau in the Padre Aranda and Feia lakes uh, with claims that they lived in the lakes and had often drawn horses and horned cattle under the water. He determined that Minhokau to be an augmented egg augmentative of Minhoka, Portuguese for earthworm. Descriptions related to him claim the creature to have a visible mouth and that it does not rise to the surface of the water, but rather it causes animals to disappear by seizing them by the belly while they're in the water. Uh, other accounts claimed the Minho cow to be a true fish provided with fins. St. Hilaire speculated that the Minho cow described to him may be a large species of the South American lungfish. Uh, it was also reported in an article in German Scientific Journal in 1978 by German naturalist Fritz Muller, Dr. Fritz Muller, and also summarized in Nature, which is a scientific magazine, largely based on the accounts of Curitabanos resident Senhor Labino. Uh, it was claimed to exist in the highlands in the south of the country of Brazil and was described as a gigantic earthworm 50 yards in length and 5 in breadth and covered with bones and it, as it were, with a coat of mail. Uh, it was said to uproot trees and leave deep trenches in its path and to prefer damp conditions. The lack of sightings by humans was explained by the Minhokau having retiring habitats. Habits, sorry. Uh, another claimed sighting came from Francisco de Amaral Varela, who stated that the creature had a snout like a pig. An earlier claimed state that it had horns. A claimed sighting of a dead minnow cow from 1849 stated that it had skin which was as thick as the bark of a pine tree and formed of a hard scales like those of an armadillo. So the legend of it having uh, been covered in bones would kind of make sense with that description right. because it would kind of look like that. Uh, the minnow cow has been blamed without sightings for damage to local roads and appearance of deep trenches that appear after long spells of rainy weather. Planes of rumbling sound like thunder accompanying its movements led to suggestion that the Minhokau was simply being used as an ex explanation for seismic activity in the area. Now, it's... This is one of those things where it's kind of uh, odd because, again, like, uh, what was it last week? The, 
the dough bar, whatever it was, that had multiple ex- or uh, sightings with different different features, right? Right. Uh, so it's hard to pinpoint what people were were seeing, or is it truly like this article says that uh, it was just people trying to explain something that they didn't understand, which was seismic activity in the area. Right. And the, the, the damage to roads from flooding and that sort of a thing. So, um, and again, looking up the picture for this creature, it is interesting. And it kind of reminds me of a little bit of the Mongolian death worm. So, yeah. Uh, um, so I think we'll get into our, thoughts on all these creatures and even um on that 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 uh picture of the werewolf really quick uh at the second half of the show so we're going to go to break folks we will be right back with paratruth radio christian and non-christian paranormal investigators they have two different views and it seems as if neither of them can ever agree on anything so what happens when a mainstream view of the paranormal crosses paths with the Christian view? <laughs> Something epic. This is Paratrooper Radio. Hi, I'm Emma. And I'm Joe. And, and we're, we're the, the Professional, professional Book, book Nerds. Nerds. Two Mondays a month, we interview authors and talk about their upcoming books, what drives them, and their go-to order at the cafe. On Thursdays, we share recommendations and dive into topics readers face, like how do I actually read the books on my to-be-read list? You can find the Professional Book Nerds podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Want to learn more about us? Our website is professionalbooknerds.com, and you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at ProBookNerds. We hope you'll come and listen, and as always, happy happy reading. reading! There are spirits everywhere, watching, waiting, seeking that opportune time to reveal themselves like no other. They fill our worlds with so much. Seriously? You didn't just do that. You farted on the promo? What's wrong with you? I thought you were professional. Go away. Go. I, I got it. I got it. Hey everybody, it's Brian Bowden, host of Nobo Boomy, where we explore deep inside the Goblin universe. We have an amazing show that covers the paranormal, conspiracies, music, art, entertainment, trending topics, and so much more. Please join us by subscribing to the show on Podbean at InsideTheGoblinUniverse.Podbean.com, on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and everywhere you find podcasts. It's an informative, fun, and overall entertaining good time, and uh, we'll keep the gas to ourselves. Why don't you burp next time? Someone give me Brian Anderson. 
Welcome back to Paratruth Radio. As always, my name is Eric. And I'm Justin. And we've been talking about a few more cryptos uh, this week. Um, the most recent one that we just finished talking about was the, the Minhokau. Uh, a particularly interesting creature, nonetheless. A giant worm that very much resembles the, the Mongolian death worm. Uh, you know, some of the things about this is really interesting because there's a lot of belief behind, uh, you know, sink, small sinkholes and stuff like that uh, that these mm. people are seeing and then blaming on this death worm. And I, I find that interesting because I think from a science-based uh, side of it, obviously a lot of the sinkholes, especially after rain in particular, uh, it's 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 a natural thing, you know. So blaming it on uh, the death worm is really interesting. But I think what's even more interesting is that unlike many of these other creatures we've talked about today, you know, the, the beast of, of uh, Exmoor and the weird chicken thing and even the <laughs> werewolf, is that there's really not any pictures or true photos of, them, of, this, of this worm. Uh, right, it's all the depictions. Few, right, it's all depictions, uh, which is really disappointing because I'd like to see, you know, and I think that's one thing that always <clears> – <throat> I guess gets me about cryptids is that there's this belief about them. And I understand the whole idea in terms of cryptid and cryptozoology, but you would think that if there was some type of belief that we'd have some type of imagery, if that belief was, if we're still holding onto those beliefs for, for, for these creatures, um, at least if you're taking a scientific route to it, unless it has some type of special, you know, spiritual ability or uh, other dimension and like ability. I mean, I think the biggest thing um, for like the El- uh, Elwa Trish and the um, Minhokau, it, it goes along the lines of the dates that supposedly it was around. Mm-hmm. Um I mean, like you were talking about, they, they have these pictures of the uh, Beast of Exmoor and the Beast of uh, Bodmin more, uh, but they almost look like just pictures of large house cats right. compared to... And, right, and, and that has a lot to do with the style of picture that we're seeing, which is just, it baffles me still. <laughs> That we have all these pictures of some of these cryptids, whether it be the Beast of Exmoor or whether it be a werewolf or even Bigfoot, but they're never clear pictures. And some of these photos are clearly taken with actual cameras, not your cell phone that we're seeing with the Exmoor one in particular. And it's just, it baffles me. Like, how can these photos still be so unclear <laughs> with the amount of technology that we have today? Like, it just doesn't make sense. Well, but un- unless the the beasts of Exmoor and the beasts of Bodmin Moor really were more of a phantom cat. Well, I mean, that, well, sure, that, that's very possible. But the thing with, even with that, even as a phantom cat, um, no, and that's to assume that the cat's there one moment and gone the next, or that it just happens right. to show up sporadically. Which uh, they didn't have multiple pictures shown in what we were seeing anyways. Right, where, and we also don't see that. like, how in, in some photos that we see of Bigfoot or even some of these other cryptids where they're kind of see-through-ish, we don't even have one mm. of those to kind of explain the phantom aspect of it. Uh, and I think really the phantom 
uh, whole aspect of the 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 Beast of Exmoor um, really has to come down to just the fact that it's it's a rare creature. It's something that isn't often seen. Uh, maybe hasn't been seen in a while, at least. Uh, you know, right. w- what other way would you you know describe it other than just being a rare creature? And that's to say, it's a phantom creature that it pops up one moment and the next it's gone. So, yeah. So what are your thoughts on the, uh, Elatrish and the Minho cow? Oh, well, the, the Minho cow, I think is, I don't know. That's interesting. Cause again, that it's very, very similar to the, uh, the Mongolian death worm. And I feel like, this goes along the lines of like the Kraken and, you know, those big sea creatures that we all know mm. and love that are very famous because just like those are in the depths of the ocean. So too are these worms in the depths of the earth. So we don't see them on it like we would Bigfoot or some of the other cryptids. So I can't say that there's not that they're not out there, especially if they're in the desert. You know, the desert is pretty vast place. No one's out there just hanging out, <laughs> you know, <laughs> to, to find it. Um because it's a very hard place to be and a hard place to live and survive. So I think there is a, could be at least a possibility that this worm exists. Um, but I mean, based on the evidence, I would say like something t- to this magnitude, I guess of like the Mongolian death or something that can literally swallow cars is just unreasonable and doesn't really make sense to me it, like if there's a worm out there it's significantly smaller probably still larger than anything else we've ever seen but this is something like you know you would expect to find in the depths of like the heart of australia or something you know somewhere where like creatures are significantly larger than they are here in north america or even europe so right well or i mean maybe uh this thing was kind of like what the the uh naturalist said maybe it was a large version of a lungfish or some, maybe some type of eel that yeah. uh, had grown to larger proportions than what we know them to grow. So uh, I think that, it, I mean, without catching something, it could be that it's misidentification in the fact that it is a, a creature that we know. It's just somehow this the the creature grew larger than what we have measured it out to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so what about the Elwatrish? The Elwatrish, I mean, I, <laughs> I just don't believe it. I mean, it just don't make any sense. You to think me. it's just kind of like a fictional. It's just a up, yeah. I think it's a straight up fairy tale. Um, I think it's something that was just, someone thought was funny because let's face it. It's funny. <laughs> and that's about it. You know, um, it's probably why it's not the most popular, uh, outside of Germany anyway. I don't even know how popular it is in Germany. Maybe not very much, but you know, I know I've seen statues of it. I've seen some of these pictures. So there is some significance to that creature, uh, at least in the idea of it, but whether it actually exists, no, I, I'd have to pass on that one. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, what it looks like is, is they, I mean, they straight up say fictional creature, but Fictional could just mean cryptid too. I mean, mm-hmm. as far as as far as we know, Bigfoot, Loch Ness monster—they're all fictional creatures because we haven't caught any evidence that they are real creatures. Right. Um, but 
it, I mean, it does also mention that it kind of falls along the lines of the jackalope because it's got the horns on its head. Um, in 20th century, we decided to add boobs to it. So I, I think maybe maybe the Elatrish was a, a fairy tale kind of based on some of the creatures that I mentioned of the surrounding areas. Maybe somebody had heard the Greek folklore of the, the harpy and gave it their own twist. I don't know, but I mean, there's no real um, encounters per se that, that would suggest that it really is something real. I mean, quite literally they, they say, uh, the crossbreeding of chickens, ducks, and geese with myth- mythical woodland creatures like goblins and elves. I, mm-hmm. I mean, I personally, now I'm a human, would not breed with a duck or chicken or <laughs> I would goose. <laughs> so, I, 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 but what I'm saying is, goblins and elves are usually depicted as human-like in in. Uh, appearance so you would think they would not have that tendency but then again i don't know i don't know any goblins or elves so right no idea um so lastly uh to kind of wrap up what you talked about on the crypto news so what are your final thoughts on the on that crypto news uh article or uh picture rather that we were talking about and and the special that you saw no i don't i don't know it's it's hard for me like that's one of the the few that are very hard to debunk offhand just because of the way that it's set up or situated or the way the beast is situated in there it does look really flat to me but again it's nighttime so we're, we're looking it's around dusk or nighttime so that's going to flatten everything to begin with you're not going to have a lot of dimension in your creatures and the shadowing is going to be off uh but what's interesting again is that it the creature's back is toward us which could be problematic that could determine that maybe it's a fake uh you know obviously if it's uh like a like a mask that they're wearing those masks mm. aren't going to have much longevity or whatever, you know, it's not going to look very real. Um, even if it's just a photo, you're going to have some weird snarl or some plastic right. looking thing. So, you know, the fact that it's looking away is really interesting. Again, it looks flat. And of course the, um, the hands are just, it's really weird to me. It, it just looks like somebody with like normal human hands on this giant monster so you know and the fact that it's completely different color from the fur and doesn't seem to have any fur on the hands is really interesting uh, and kind of takes away from it so you know i mean from from where i'm sitting now and from what i see i would have to think that it's probably faked um yeah i'm pretty sure i'd have to say it's probably faked but again no one's come forth to say otherwise. No one has tried to even, I don't think anyone's even tried to debunk it. I've looked it up and there's nothing. It's just the photo and that's it. Um, so I definitely think that whatever they're seeing out there has to most likely be this main wolf and that the picture in and of itself was a way to try to, you know, stir up some more fear within the locals. Um, but you know, there's always that little possibility that maybe it's yeah. 
I think I'm with you there because without a clear photo, again, like we mentioned earlier, uh, it almost feels to me like it's a hoax just the way that it, just the way that it's walking. Like the, right. you would think if it was a werewolf, the gait would be different. It may not always be able to be on its hind legs mm-hmm. running well, or walking or whatever it was doing. Right. And I think the other thing though, to that I think really helps put the nail in the coffin on this is that it is a photo. It's a photo or in this case, a frame Right of a of a right, video. video, and they didn't release the video, and I wonder why. Uh, I, if I got something like that on on video, that video would be everywhere. Forget getting a little <laughs> snapshot of a frame. Like I want to see it walk. I want to see it move. And my guess is it never actually did. It's probably placed there uh, through some type of computer, you know, imaging software. Um, or if somebody was in a costume, it looked really, really bad when they were walking and they just happened to capture that frame there as the best possibility to use. So, um, well, I we don't know much is, about the security camera system either. Maybe it only caught stills, which created a somewhat video type. You would think, I mean, they, they always use the term CCTV and typically when you use the term TV, it's in representative of a video. Um, right now it is possible that it was just, that it's just photos but I don't know, even still, like I've never seen like for one, most CCTV stuff, even if they do frames, you know, we see like lag of frame. So we'll see a person jet from one spot to the next, to the next, to the next, but there's still multiple frames. So you still have a video. Mm. It's never just, there's nobody and then somebody and then nobody. And if it was, you would still post that video and be like, look, this is how fast the creature moves. Um, so I don't know. I, I just, I'm not feeling it. I, you know, I, I wish I want to, <laughs> I really, really do. I want to believe, but no, I don't think it's legit. No, I, I mean, I honestly don't. I'm just offering other explanations as to if it was real, what could have happened. But um, to, to me, quite honestly, it does look like almost looks like somebody who put on stilts, put on a wolf costume or werewolf costume and decided to hoax because they knew of the werewolf uh, mythology going on in, in the area. And they knew maybe they knew or didn't know about the, the main wolf being in the area, but, they at least wanted to play on people's fears because the legend was there. So I, I, like I said, with the, like the hellish clowns here in the U S a year or two or whatever it was uh, ago where people were being idiots here. I think even other places around the world, I believe they appeared in England and um, uh, even Germany and Russia. Um, So it, Unfortunately, we have these people that just want to play on people's fears and and hopes, and it's kind of ridiculous in my opinion. But, um, so yeah, I think that's about all we've got. Um, unless you have anything further you need to add, or do we need to do any uh, house cleaning? Um, I don't think so. I I, there's one really, 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 really small thing I just want to mention because I literally just came across it and thought it's kind of funny for you and me. I came across a website that just shows a list of names and descriptions of 24 
of the most like uncommon or most uh, even most common cryptids that you never heard of around the world, mind you. This is around the world. So you've got Australia and you've got Africa and you've got, you know, you name it. But of the 24, there are three cryptids, all of which exist in Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I thought it was really funny because we're going around the world and they list three different Ohio spots for cryptids. <laughs> and I was like, this is that's that's interesting to me that there's that many cryptids <laughs> in Ohio that they have to put it in this 24 list. Well, I know Ohio grass, man. That's what are one. the others? The melon heads is oh, yep. two. Um, and then the other one is the frogman or some type of frogman. Oh, I haven't heard that one. I have heard of the melon heads, had her, heard of the grass man though. So, and then of course, I mean, which they didn't mention, but we have the Lake area monster as well as our, right. Fourth group. <laughs> so, you know, which I mean, with us being so close to, um, not really close, but like Lake Champlain and that sort of thing where they've got Champ. Um, right. I mean, that that totally could be the same creature. It just travels between the lakes. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I mean, I, I feel like there's 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 more creatures within our Ohio. That it's, I don't <laughs> know why. Because, I mean, there, there's been talk about the, the Ohio dog men. And there's been talk about uh, Bigfoot sightings in Ohio. And Ohio is one of those interesting places because we, we do have a lot of forests. We also have a lot of plains. You know, we have a southern side, which touches basically west. So we're getting a few different cryptids from there crossing over and stuff. But it's, a, it's an interesting melting pot of all the cryptids. <laughs> well, maybe that'll be our next series based on different cryptids of different states in the U.S., so, uh, mm-hmm. all right, folks, that is all we've got for you this week. So make sure you keep tuning in. Uh, make sure you check out the Plus Club, which you can find on Patreon, or if you're at paratruthradio.com, there is a button there that you can just click, and it'll take you straight to uh, Patreon. And we've got several past episodes up there. You know, there's plenty more coming, so stay tuned for that if you do join the Plus Club. Uh, we do have other perks there which uh you can get access to our discord server where you can chat with us 24 7 uh you know we will announce different giveaways specifically for our plus club members and uh there's a lot more so go check that out if you haven't already and uh also like share subscribe anywhere that you listen because that is the only other way that uh you would be able to support us and get the name out there for Paratruth Radio. So until next week, folks, where you'll find us same time, same channel. My name is Justin. And I'm Eric. Peace.
I'm a grown-up. Me too. Yep, me too. But you know, these days, being a grown-up can really suck. Luckily, we're grown-ups who grew up in the coolest generation. We had video arcades. And also some of the best TV and movies ever made. We lived the origin of awesome consumer electronics. The list goes on and on. Yep, Generation X. Exactly. And we're Gen X Grown-Up. Every week, the Gen X Grown-Up podcast explores media, tech, toys, games, and more from both yesterday and today. Through the eyes of Generation Xers who absolutely love that stuff. You can find us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Or find us on our website, genxgrownup.com. Alright, I think that was good enough? I I hope so, man. I'm tired. (laughs) Who listens to a promo on a podcast and then goes and listens to a different podcast? I've never done it. (laughs) Right.